You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome back. To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Mike Florio, Frankie Cheech Stample, Pete Cazadori producing our show, keeping us flying straight. Week 13 in the NFL, big week for all of us season-long fantasy players. Uh, basically any of the season-long leagues that we're, that you're in, hopefully this is the the prequel to the playoffs, right? You don't want playoffs running straight through 17 unless maybe... No, no, yeah, no. You have some leagues where they combine 16 and 17. That I could understand in a no. way. No. no, still no. No, okay. All right, sorry. I'm sorry, Jim. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so, big week, uh, setting your lineups. We're going through all the matchups, uh, trying to give you a, a handle on what's going on. We were talking the uh, Falcons, uh, the Vikings at the Falcons, and uh, let's take a look at the Falcons side. Devonta Freeman, who's missed, is it two weeks uh, because of a concussion, I believe? And yes, Tevin Coleman's filled in. So he's back. Um, what are you expecting out of him, guys? I expect him to go back into his normal role. I, I do lower him. Frank and Greg did make up good points that made me lower him a bit in my rankings about how we you want to see the workload go back to what it was before you fully trust it. And it is, it is a tough matchup. I'll give the Vikings their due. They've been awesome yeah. all year long against running have. backs. But Devonta Freeman, I think the Falcons are realizing when they play their best, it's when the running back is heavily involved. Remember the first four weeks when he was averaging like 18 touches a game, or 18 carries a game, I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. They were 3-1. and one. And then their last couple of games where Tevin Coleman has really been getting heavily involved, they're undefeated in that stretch. So it hasn't really mattered which one of the two running backs it is because they're both good running backs. Mm-hmm. As long as you get one of them really going, get them the, the ball a bunch of times, and whoever has been the second running back is really the one who comes in on third down, does a lot of damage in the passing game. We saw that be Coleman earlier this year when Freeman was the, getting the early downs. Mm-hmm. And the past couple of weeks, while Coleman was getting 20 touches a game, he wasn't doing really anything in the past game. They were They were going to their other options. So so I think they finally figured out that that is when their offense is at its best. I think Freeman is going to come in and take that over that early down roll again. They're going to put Coleman back on that third down pass catching back roll. And then I think Freeman takes over again in the red zone. That's where he's really shined these last few years. So I think as long as te- uh, Devonta Freeman is healthy, you he's going to be a top 24 RB every week. More often than not, this is a, a bad matchup first game back. More often than not, he's going to be in the top 12. Where do you have him ranked this week? I have him like 18. Okay. Yeah, so I was going to say low-end RB2. I have mm-hmm. him at running back 22 right behind uh, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Kenyon Drake. Just feel a little bit better about those matchups mm-hmm. uh, for reasons Mike brought up. We don't know what the workload is going to be yet. I agree that that's what they should do is that he should be Actually, the early downs guy. Tevin Coleman should be the pass catcher. Right. But until we see it happen in a bad matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to tread lightly. I have him as a, a low-end RB2. I have him in that same range, actually, too. I lowered him a little bit. All right. When we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we'll break down more Week 13 matchups for you. Weekend Fantasy Update coming right back.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. And we're back on the weekend fantasy update, fantasy sports radio network. Just chatting uh, about our lineups in the Scotty Fishbowl League. It's a, a deep league. Uh, listeners, fans, uh, fantasy professionals like ourselves. Uh, any other uh, thoughts on that uh, Falcons uh, side of that uh, Vikings game? I mean, Sanu, I, I kind of. This week, not a great, great matchup, but you know what? He's been sneaky good this year. Uh, Double-digit fantasy points in 8 of 11 games, and one of those games he actually left, so you really can't even count it. But uh, I I like what Sanu has done this year. Yeah, in PPR, I'm going to continuously just have him ranked as Mm -hmm. a solid wide receiver three. That's what he is. Just safe floor, doesn't have tremendous upside. He's not going to throw for a 50-yard touchdown every week, uh, but his floor is pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah, I have him as a board like right after the outside my top twenty four basically every week. Lions at Ravens. Ravens defense, man. <laughs> yeah, up the, they're back. Yeah, really, it's just like the uh, the old Ravens, right? Uh, second fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, uh, allowing for the season ten touchdowns to quarterbacks, eighteen interceptions. Uh, Matthew Stafford a little bit banged up, but practice in full this week. Uh, had that ankle issue on Thanksgiving. Uh, are you worried about starting him? I mean, at this stage of the game, I mean, tough matchup, a little bit banged up. If you have a better option, are you taking it? I have him ranked as my QB 13 right now. I'm debating moving him ahead of Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm starting him in a league because my other option is Tyrod Taylor. And I think Matt Stafford has shown us over the last month, even in not so great matchups like last week against Minnesota, his floor really has become. 250 yards and two touchdowns. The last four weeks, I mean, he had one game with 249 and two, but Mm -hmm. he basically has hit those marks every single game. And there's been some tougher matchups. So I think that you kind of got to look at it and be like, all right, I'm going to put Stafford in. I may not get that. 20 to 30 point game that like you like a quarterback could explode for like we've seen him have some really big games. But, you know, if you get that 250 and two, you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, I'm with Mike 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has multiple touchdown passes in six of his last seven games. Uh, extremely consistent. I would actually use him over a Matt Ryan. I don't I don't like the matchup for uh, for Matt Ryan all that much. I still think Julio Jones can do his thing. Sure. But the Lions have zero run game. Mm-hmm. It's non-existent. Yes. The only way that they can score points is on the back of Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. So even got, if his upside isn't tremendous, he's gonna give you he's gonna give you at least two touchdown passes. It's the only way that they can score points. Right. Uh, they've got a couple of good receivers too, right? Marvin Jones, five touchdowns in his last three games. Got Jimmy Smith on him, supposedly, but uh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, kinda... he, had, he Xavier Rhodes on him the other day. He was in double coverage yeah. and he caught that touchdown. I mean, him, Marvin Jones, and Golden Tate to me are wide receiver twos this week. And I agree with Frank. You cannot trust Amir Abdullah even as a flex or really theoretic. Like, nope. 
You can't use either one of them. And I think Eric Ebron has a little bit of a sneaky value this week Mm -hmm. if you're going deeper at the tight end because he has been playing better as of late. And the matchup isn't like the the tight ends have done okay against the Ravens this year. So I think it's a little bit of a sneaky matchup. On the Ravens side, I mean, I'm not crazy about uh, obviously anything resembling their passing game. No. Uh, Avoid it at all costs. Darius Slay. I think I have both of their wide receivers outside of my top 48. Yeah. But don't do But Alex Collins, man, he's merged uh, as a a nice option, right? uh, Early down back, scored uh, double-digit fancy points in PPR three of his last four games, touchdowns in two straight games. Uh, Lions giving up just under five yards per carry and fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs over the past month. So I'm liking Collins this week. Yeah, and the Lions have allowed at least one rushing touchdown to a running back in six straight games. They've allowed eight rushing touchdowns over that span, so there was two games uh, with multiple rushing touchdowns allowed. It's a great matchup for Alex Collins. I know that he was banged up this week, but he's questionable but expected to play, so that makes me feel good about him. I have him as a very high-end RB2 in standard leagues. In half-point PPR, he's still a solid RB2. Uh, In full point, maybe dropping down a little bit. Doesn't catch too many passes, but I think it's a rock-solid matchup. I would find a way to get him in your lineup this week. And I agree, you got to fade Abdullah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, another Just, sneakier play in this, uh, if you want to use the word sneaky, I think is Danny Woodhead in yeah. PPR leagues. I mean, in his last two games, nine catches. I know the yardage really hasn't been there, mm-hmm. but if he's giving you five catches for 21 yards like he did a couple of days ago, that's seven PPR points right there. You would have to think that he could do a little bit more in this good matchup. And last week, I mean, 22 rushing yards, 23 receiving yards, four catches, that's eight PPR points. So that's the floor there. I think, though, with this matchup, you have to believe he is going to start to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think he can surpass 10 PPR points this week. And there could be some points scored in this game. I know the Ravens' defense is very good, but Mm -hmm. if we're seeing like a a back-and-forth affair, I think that favors Danny Woodhead as well. The Lions have allowed 61 receptions to running backs this season, so I agree with Mike. I think he's a safe floor, uh, low-end RB2 in PPR leagues. He's a solid flex in half-point PPR. All right. Uh, Let's take a look at the Broncos at Dolphins matchup. Uh, You have... Jay Cutler's back. Uh, what does that mean for wide receivers? He was actually playing fairly well before he got hurt. I mean, Jarvis Landry, obviously, on his way to another 90 to 100 reception season. Uh, career high in touchdowns with uh, six so far. Matchup proof. Devontae Parker uh, has just one touchdown back in week three. Yeah, he's been hurt on and off this season. Uh, Broncos have a, a good defense, but five touchdowns to wide receivers over the past four games, uh, and they're playing on the road, so uh, what, what are we thinking? I mean, are we, uh, are we high on uh, Parker or fading him? What are we doing? Me, personally, I've moved him ahead of Kenny Stills. I think Jarvis Landry is the only person in this offense who has to be in your fantasy lineup. Mm-hmm. I still have Devontae Parker at, at wide receiver 42. Noah keep to leave too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that should help him a little bit, mm-hmm. but those corners on the outside, I mean, Bradley Roby is still a very mm-hmm. strong uh, cornerback play, uh, and I, I just still don't like it that much for mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. I haven't seen enough out of Jay Cutler. I know they have the rapport, but uh, I, I, was, I don't want to do it. I don't want to trust it. If you're trying to get into the playoffs, yeah. I don't want to try and trust Devontae I Parker. I was surprised to see that the, the Broncos have allowed the most passing scores in football this season. Yeah, right? actually, 24. I saw a stat about how they've played with the average shortest fields mm-hmm. on defense because of so many uh, because of their quarterbacks 
turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. So they've played with a lot of short fields. That's why if you look at their, their defense on the season, they're not giving up a lot of passing yards. They're giving up a lot of passing touchdowns just because yeah. their defense is being put in bad situations because the offense is turning the ball over. Right. Uh, so they've been put in a lot of bad places. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to happen this week, though, because the Dolphins' defense is not very good. So mm-hmm. while I don't like the Broncos' offense a lot either, yeah. I, can I was going to ask them, you that. Simeon uh, at quarterback. I could see them moving the ball a little bit more efficiently because the Dolphins' defense is very bad. I, I'm not high on Devontae Parker at all this mm-hmm. week. I, I'm not high on him, but I do have him inside my top 36 because he's seen eight or more targets in all but two games this year, and one of those two games was with Matt Moore at the, at the quarterback position. So we know when Jay Cutler is out there, outside of Jarvis Landry, he's going to pepper Devontae Parker with targets. It's hard to, in my opinion... Take a guy who is going to see eight, nine, ten targets and really bury him much further than a low end wide receiver three, which mm-hmm. is especially a guy who has the explosiveness of a Devontae Parker. Right. So that's why I have him like 34, 35 in my wide receiver rankings. Just got a notification on my phone. We'll continue this game in a second. Uh, Antonio Brown missed his second straight practice. That's uh, scary. That is, right? I mean, the, Saturday one as well. Like yeah. this, this is equivalent to the Friday one. Usually, if mm-hmm. someone misses Friday practice, you worry, but. He's there's certain really players. Been on fire past couple of games. I mean, he's incredible. Obviously, there's certain players that you know you kind of give passes to, like Antonio Brown. He doesn't need to practice for him to play. Jimmy Graham has hardly practiced all year. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson didn't practice yesterday, but he still may play this week. So a veteran like that misses time, but. It's a Monday night game, which sucks. That's the scariest part about it. Yeah. If you need a win and you're in oh with Antonio Brown and you're waiting for him on Monday night and he doesn't go, mm-hmm. there's no worse feeling than that. It's and it's scary. scary. What really sucks is Juju missed last week, so Martavis Bryant was probably picked up in a lot of leagues where he had already been dropped. Because I was going to say, if, if Antonio Brown sits, and I mean, obviously Juju's owned, you pick up Martavis Bryant. Mm-hmm. We saw Martavis Bryant have a solid game last week, but. It it is very tough. I think though, if I'm in a win and in, I have to have someone in the top 36 of, to even even probably even higher. Probably someone in the top like 30 for me to really warrant sit Antonio Brown. I you can't. Do I don't it. think I if could do you it. need a win and in, and mm-hmm. you own Antonio Brown, you you can't take a chance on benching. You have to leave him in. Mm-hmm. I think the only your only fallback could be is if, if he doesn't play, try and pick up like a Brandon Fell just to get mm-hmm. you like a couple. Yeah, somebody of that you know is playing Monday night. That's, yeah. that's the only thing you yeah. can do. It'd be rough. Yeah. Uh, con- continuing, uh, Broncos, we only have a minute left, but uh, Demaryius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders with Tre- Trevor Simeon. Uh, I mean, does it affect, affect you in terms of you know whether you're starting them? I mean, Sanders has been pretty bad. Uh, two catches, 15 yards, three for 12. Probably still dealing with that ankle injury, even though he's able to play. Sanders, two weeks ago, had a long touchdown that... Brock Osweiler overthrew him, and then Paxton Lynch just sucks. You look at earlier on this <laughs> in this year when he was playing with Simeon, he did have some games where he was very highly targeted. He had like a 15-target game against the Bills. I I have him as in the wide receiver three. He's very boomer bust. I do think they're better with Brock because Brock guaranteed targets them, but Simeon is clearly better than Paxton Lynch, so I think it's right in the middle. Seems to be a theme, though. Hell's Bells before, now the devil's running out to Georgia. What are they trying to say? What's going on here? (laughs) We'll be back with more Weekend Fantasy Update. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. 
Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Uh, we're back on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm chuckling because this is a f- Survivor song from uh, Rocky IV. You guys see uh, Rocky IV? Oh, yeah. Okay. Pure propaganda, but great movie. <laughs> Frank's never seen any of the Rockies. No. I've seen uh, the latest one, I guess. Rocky Balboa. Creed? <laughs> no, no, not that one. Okay. The one before that. I've never Rocky. watched well, it's any like of them started... from like, beginning to end. Wow. Sorry, Joe. That's okay. I mean, it's it's almost like when we were talking about Mike not seeing Godfather. I mean, and you not seeing Rocky. Like, I'm almost jealous that you know you're going to have this first experience of seeing something great. Rocky you know, is. I've, I've seen all of them mul- like multiple yeah. times. They're all they're really good. And what's great Except about it, five. Frank, is that you know you watch this movie and all of a sudden it motivates you to start working out too. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, maybe I should watch. Maybe then. after the holidays, after you you know put on a couple extra pounds or whatnot. Imagine if boxing in real life was like that. Oh, forget it. Yeah. They, they all, every match would be over in the first round. When I was a kid, <laughs> a, a, a title fight was was fifteen rounds. Wow! <laughs> right now, what are they? Twelve? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was a lot different. Yeah, but they just haymaker <laughs> after haymaker <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah. Uh, great movie though. Um, so uh, let's finish off with the Broncos. Just want to talk quick about their running game. Uh, C.J. Anderson, uh, five carries, twelve yards last. Last uh, week, uh, Broncos threw the ball seventy percent of the time. So, uh, but uh, Devontae Booker looks like he's been coming on fifty-one uh, percent of the snaps past two weeks. Anderson thirty-five and a half percentage of snaps played over the past four weeks. So it looks like Booker is slowly uh, emerging as the guy there. But uh, I mean, does that mean anything to you? Are you starting? Are you starting him? Devontae Booker, I think he's a, an okay flex. I mentioned this Dolphins defense earlier on. It's, it hasn't been a good defense all year. Uh, against running backs, uh, they haven't been great either. They you know, they allowed just last week a monster game to, uh, to Rex Burkhead. They had mm-hmm. the two touchdowns there. Then we saw two weeks ago, they even made Jonathan Stewart look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they allowed over 200 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns in that game as well. So I think it's an okay spot for Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. I think he's a... He's like a high-end-ish flex play for me. Let's say if you own both, maybe because you want, you know, maybe you uh, were looking for, you know, to have depth. You, you know, uh, who would you start? Devontae Booker. Okay. Yeah, because I, of the reasons you mentioned about yeah, the snaps yeah. increasing for uh, for Devontae Booker while they're kind yeah, of maybe, decreasing. Yeah, maybe there or are some people that might have a, have both as a handcuff. Yeah, I would start Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, Anderson is like a borderline flex mm-hmm. uh, top 36 guy where I have Booker more around like 30 and I, I wish that there was just one of these two guys who we knew were going to get the bulk of the carries because the Dolphins have been terrible against running backs allowing the third most fantasy points to them over the past month so if it was one of them there you would think with them not wanting to throw the ball as much I mean I know last week they threw the ball a ton but you would think the ideal game for the Broncos would be to rely on their running backs which but the fact that you said Devontae Booker played 51% of the snaps, how much did you say C.J. Anderson played? 
It's like uh, 30 or 35. 35 and a half over the past four weeks. Yeah, so like his is, but the touches last week were, were very close for them, carries wise. Mm-hmm. Neither one really got a lot, so that's why they're lower outside of my top 30 for me. But if one of them could just take off, like this could be a week where they could have a huge week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Colts at Jaguars. Eli Manning's a new team for next year. Uh, Alan Probably. Hearns, right? Alan Hearns is going to be out. Uh, Marquise Lee really hasn't knocked your socks off, but uh, you have to like this matchup for this week, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like Marquise Lee, especially with Rashawn Melvin, mm-hmm. uh, the Colts' best cornerback. Uh, he's he's out for this game. He suffered a hand injury, so uh, it's, it is a pretty good spot for Marquise Lee. I have him as a very high-end wide receiver three. I believe my wide receiver 25 this week. What do you guys stand on Keelan Cole averaging seven targets per game over the last three weeks? Eh. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, everyone's waiting for him to break out. Had a decent week last, last week, uh, 10 targets, six catches for 41 yards. I know it's week 13. You're not going to trust them in season long, are you? No, not you, you can't. But I do like the targets and the receptions last week. That was mm-hmm. that was nice to see. But uh, I have him as a high-end wide receiver four just based on the matchup. But mm-hmm. you should be able to find uh, <laughs> other wide receivers to get in your lineup over him this week. I have him in the same group as a couple of guys who I think are like deeper, high-upside plays like Josh Reynolds, Martavis Bryan, if uh, Antonio Brown is banged up. like, But I, ideally, you do not want any of those guys in your lineup. But if you're diving deep for a high upside guy, mm-hmm. I think those are guys who, who fit that mold. What are you guys' feelings on Leonard Fournette? I mean, you're obviously going to start him in, in season long, but not so automatic uh, in terms of fantasy points as of late, right? Two weeks ago, 111 yards rushing against the Browns, and you sandwich that uh, by two... Uh, Pretty bad game. 33 yards against the Chargers, 25 yards against the Cardinals. Uh, what are we thinking about him? I mean, what, what's his issue? You think he might be still have that uh, that injury? Or I think it was an ankle. You think that's lingering? Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. This was a guy who started the season with six straight games with uh, with a touchdown, and now he's gone three straight games without a touchdown. You mentioned the two very bad games, uh, subpar games for him. It's a pretty good matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. I think you still have to trust him as an RB1, uh, just based on the workload I think that he's going to get. Uh, But there are definitely some concerns because he hasn't been himself since suffering that ankle injury. So uh, I think he's an RB1, but you have to temper expectations. Who are you more concerned about, him or Kareem Hunt? Uh, Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would probably say Kareem Hunt, just Mm -hmm. because overall the whole offense has been has been abysmal. Um, and you know that the Jags are going to run they're, the they're ball. They're going to run the like ball. Crazy. Like, the workload isn't a concern for mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Like, he's still going to get his 20 touches, whereas Kareem Hunt, we've kind of seen his workload fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know why. I mean, Andy <laughs> Reid says, oh, yeah, we're going to get him the ball more, and it just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, so I would lean that I'm a little bit more worried about Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I have Leonard Fournette inside my top five this week. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, a game where they could take a jump ahead early on and, and just really ride Leonard Fournette. So... I mean, remember, a couple of weeks ago he was questionable and we didn't know if he was going to play or not. He touched the ball 30 times. Like, his volume is not in question. This is a game where, again, I could see their defense putting up points. Uh, the Colts are on the most sacks, and, and we know they're not, like, they could turn the ball over easily against mm-hmm. his defense. I think this could be a, a big game for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'm basically fading the Colts. No? Yeah. For, <laughs> Fournette didn't play last time against the Colts, uh, but. Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon were still able to combine for 177 rushing yards and two touchdowns uh, in that game. So uh, we could see some success like that again mm-hmm. uh, with, with Leonard Fournette. Yeah. But with the Colts, 
Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, I think he's outside my top 48. Like, yeah. there, there's just no way that you get him in your lineup. Three or four... Uh, three or fewer receptions in seven of eleven games this season. Yeah, I, we, you know, he's had his moments, but unfortunately, he hasn't had double-digit targets in a single game this yeah. year. How crazy is that, Joe? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's clearly one of their best offensive mm-hmm. players. Why has he not had double-digit targets? Gonna a, in any he's going to be a bargain next year. Yeah, he absolutely is. Long. I mean, assuming yeah. Andrew Luck comes back, we have yeah. to see what happens with that. I think Jack Doyle is the only guy on this Colts offense who has to be in your lineup mm-hmm. week in and week out. I don't know if he's going to be a, a huge bargain next year because. Well, I mean, uh, comparative to this year, he was like what a first, a, a second rounder. We'll say. I right? think. I think people are gonna they're gonna look at him and be like, oh well, he didn't have Andrew Luck all year. If, mm-hmm. if Andrew Luck is healthy to start the year, I think people are gonna look at what he did two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's just my my belief. But that's because that's because we're gonna tell them that. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> say that when we're on it when we're on air. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we spoke about this on BFFs the other day. Can you drop T. Y. Hilton? And you're not gonna use him this week against Jacksonville, right? Next week against the Bills, you you could maybe use him. Mm-hmm. I like Frank said the targets really haven't been great. He's had three good games all year. Mm-hmm. The Bills have been, especially when EJ Gaines plays, they, they've been solid against wide receivers. Then you get the Broncos; they'll have to lead back, and then after that, the Ravens. Jimmy Smith, mm-hmm. like, are you gonna? Maybe you'll use him once in the next month. Maybe I don't think it's crazy to say you could drop T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, like you said, maybe a uh, uh, Jaquez Rogers. You know how many? How often? Do you get a potential running back who you know might get fifteen carries a week? You know, maybe you, you know on the off chance that Martin's out multiple weeks with this concussion, maybe you uh, you, you could drop T. Y. Hilton for a running back who, who doesn't need a running back. Yeah, I get it. At this time of year, like you have other guys that you could probably drop. Maybe you want to hold on to T. Y. Hilton mm-hmm. just on the. I don't know any chance of any, that he flashes anything or whatever. I'm but just playing along with your scenario. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> get him I, out I, of now, here. Now you're turning I, on me. No, no, I find it extremely hard to see a, a way where you're going to get T. Y. Hilton in your lineup the rest of the year. I'm agreeing with you. Like, I could see why someone would be like, "Oh no, I don't want to drop T. Y. Hilton for Jaquiz Rogers." No, I, know, I know. But I mean, realistically, <laughs> when are you ever going to use T. Y. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, let's move on. Texans at Titans. Rashad Matthews, wide receiver for the Titans, game time decision. Uh, Marcus Mariota been playing pretty poorly, right? Uh, three touchdowns, seven interceptions in his last three games, single digit rushing yards in five of his last six games. Still, pro- uh, you know, I'm guessing maybe that that hamstring isn't fully healed. I mean, it's a on paper this is a good matchup for him, but what do you do? <laughs> you can't trust it. Mm. Uh, uh, he's had good matchups at times this year, and he just he hasn't been able to, to take advantage of those matchups. Uh, could be without Rashard Matthews, who is one of his top targets. I have him as my wide receiver 16, so you're seeing that even in a good matchup, I don't trust him. I have Matt Ryan, Tyrod Taylor, Derek Carr, uh, and then those journeyman guys, Case Keenum and Josh McCown ahead of him as well. So, I mean, if you can't use him here, I don't know when you're really going to use him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh as for Corey Davis, I, I want to trust him in a good matchup, but it's kind of tied into Marcus Mariota. Yeah. We saw last week, uh, we all kind of got excited because Rashard Matthews was ruled out. Corey Davis still didn't do anything with the good matchup. So I actually have a league where I have Corey Davis and Josh Gordon. I need to decide between one as my wide receiver three, and I think I'm going to use Josh Gordon as crazy I think as I would sounds. as well, yeah. I would go Corey Davis personally myself, mm-hmm. bec- but... I mean, I, I have them super close to my rankings. I do have Corey Davis a couple spots higher. I know we haven't really seen it, and I've advised people, like, you can't really trust him, get him in your lineup this week. But if I'm going deeper at the wide receiver position, I think I'm going to go with the guy with the fantastic matchup. 
More fantasy analysis, week 13 matchups. When we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena along with uh, Mikey Florio, Frankie Cheek Stanfield, Pete Costadori producing our show. And uh, we mentioned earlier that uh, Antonio Brown had missed his second straight practice. Is it a toe issue, I believe? Yes. Yeah, that, those are scary, especially, you know, uh, receiver needs to pivot, you know, and the toe is a big uh you don't realize how important that toe is but you uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, i think it's like the flintstone where like the toe like would like i'm very impressed that you know the flintstones right? that's what antonio yeah. brown's yeah. dealing with yeah. right now his toe is just like getting like huge and swollen very good uh huh? so yeah I'm, I'm impressed with you mike yeah, very impressed so you were checking out uh ownerships of maybe if if you're looking for maybe a martavis bryant it's not as high as I thought it would be because I thought more people would have added him last week with Juju out, maybe uh, use him as like a streamer. But Martavis Bryant is owned in only half of CBS Sports League, 63% in NFL, so the majority there, and only 40% in ESPN. So yeah. if you are out there and you own Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. please go check your waiver wire right now for Martavis Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned Frank uh, Brandon LaFell, maybe? Yeah, I wouldn't want Maybe. to. That's like, a, that's, that's, that's like a last resort. A last resort. Martavis Bryant's the one you want to look for. Uh, if someone cra- was crazy enough to drop Juju, obviously, I don't think that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you just need someone in case an insurance that, you know, say, imagine you're going into the Monday night game with Antonio Brown and he doesn't play and you're down by like yeah. two or three points and you end up losing because of that. Yeah. At least if you have a Brandon LaFell, he could give you maybe, you know, four or five points, something like that. So you just need to have one of those insurance plans in case Antonio Brown doesn't play. When we left, we were talking Texans, Titans. Uh, we didn't get to the Titans running game. DeMarco Murray. Do we have to? Uh it's terrible. I mean, you take away, I don't know if you remember, I was on air when it happened, so it kind of left a, a mark on me. You take away a 75-yard TD run in week three, and his yards per carry for the season is 2.94. So, I mean, with it, it's 3.5. Um, you know, he's still getting opportunities. He's still the guy, I guess. But, I mean, Henry's getting his, his touches as well. But, 
got to be scary to, it's a to terrible, play him week 13. Terrible, terrible situation. Neither one is higher than a flex this week. You right. mentioned it. Tough matchup. Derrick Henry has actually run more effectively than him mm-hmm. in recent weeks and, and got down to the goal line. And then what do they do? They bring in DeMarco Murray to score a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a completely volatile situation. You can't figure it up figure it out in a terrible, terrible matchup against the Texans who, you know, teams have been able to throw on them so much that why would they even run? And mm-hmm. the Texans are allowing the third fewest uh, fantasy points to opposing running backs so far this season. So I don't want to mess with either Titans right. guy. If you could get away from it, uh, both guys are, are flex options at best. Uh, Bruce Ellington. I know we're starting DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans. I mean, Bruce Ellington, any love for him at all or? If you're diving deep, not really too much. He that's what he is to me. I, every kind of week, he's more of a wide receiver four range. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I would stand with him. All it's right. hard to trust anybody a, a second option in an <laughs> offense where Tom Savage right. is the quarterback. He has had at least seven targets in mm-hmm. four straight games, yeah. uh, but only has one touchdown. He's only had sixty three yards once. Uh, everything everything else yardage wise has been below that. So not it's hard week, to trust. Not week thirteen. Patriots Bills. We're trying to you know quicken the pace a little bit now. Uh, no uh, Calvin Benjamin for the Bills. Uh, what are we thinking, Mike? You're the Bills expert here. Zay Jones, TDs in two of his last three games. Stephon Gilmore might be on him. Uh, Pat's defense has been coming on. I mean, do you trust him as either a wide receiver three or a flex in week 13? He's in my flex discussion for me because like the targets have been there, but... His catch rate is still not where it wants to be. I know he had the touchdown last week, and, I mean, incredible getting up on the sideline. The Zay Jones challenge is now a thing, a big thing in Buffalo. But they are going to have to put up points, so I think the targets will be there to warrant him being in the flex discussion. I have trouble, though, trusting him as much more than that because you look at it, he has two games over 50 yards this season. So Mm -hmm. if he doesn't catch a touchdown, you're going to be left wanting more. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and you mentioned Frank. Uh, you're happy, not happy, but you you're comfortable starting Dion Lewis, Rex Burkhard this week. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. both guys inside uh, my top sixteen or seventeen at the running back position. Uh, we know how bad the Bills' defense has been against running backs since trading away Marcel Darius. With that being said, I mean they did limit uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, to only 26 total yards last week, but in four games before that, they had allowed. Uh, 10 rushing touchdowns in four games. So I think it's a good matchup for both those guys. All right. Bears-Bengals. Jordan Howard, you going to start? Obviously, right? Uh, Dontrell Inman, any any scenario where you where you would consider starting him? Bears wide receiver? I think he's uh, in that Zay Jones discussion in, mm-hmm. as a wide receiver for... I think he's a little bit lower than Zay Jones because Zay Jones' targets have been a little bit more consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a pretty good matchup as well. Uh, but I really, really wouldn't want to trust it going into... Uh, Right. Into week 13. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a, a start this week. Yes, he does. I'm excited about that. Marquise Goodwin get a little bit of a bump up or an, enough to make him, you know, consider it? I, I think so. I have him, him inside. Not only, I have him as a wide receiver three this week because Marquise Goodwin has five catches of 40 or more yards this year, Joey. That's leads, leads NFL receivers, 21.4 yards per reception. Yeah, that's great. And the the five catches for 40-plus yards is tied for second. Mm-hmm. The Bears have allowed seven catches to go for 40 or more yards, which is t- uh, which puts them 10th in the NFL. Plus, 
they're gonna have to take shots. And Jimmy G, I mean, outside of Marquise Goodwin, really, who is he gonna throw the ball to a lot? Mm-hmm. That's why I think Marquise Goodwin's targets will be there. I think the upside is immensely high. So I, I'm really buying in on Marquise Goodwin. I, I think there is a good chance he could get behind the defense and score a touchdown this week. There you go. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Four o'clock games. And uh, should we talk about my Giants? Giants at Raiders? Stream the Raiders defense against Geno Smith? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Eli, what happened to him? I mean, in terms of, I just, where do you guys stand on this? I mean, it was, it was a, the way it was handled was, was just a joke, in my opinion. Yeah, and to come from a guy like Ben McAdoo, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And kind of saying, hey, you know, Geno Smith gives us a better... I mean, he, he presented it way wrong. He said that. He yeah. legitimately said that Geno Smith gives, gives him- them a better chance to compete in uh-huh. this game than Eli Manning does. Right. Look, say what you will about Eli. The past couple of years, uh, he has not been very effective as a right. quarterback. But, uh, I mean, you put him in a position to fail this year mm-hmm. with that offensive line. At one I mean, point, all three of his wide receivers, gone. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, no offensive line. The past couple weeks, he's playing with Roger Lewis, Tavares mm-hmm. King as his quarterback, uh, as his wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So, with that offensive line, with a lack of weapons, it's not necessarily all Eli Eli's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to put some blame oh, on him. Yeah, but it's it's not to the level that Ben McAdoo thinks where Geno Smith is actually going to give them a better. I'm chance not as to upset that it actually happened. I think maybe it had happened too early. Yeah, they still have five games left, but. You know, if you would have told me that as Davis Webb, give him a shot. Here's my issue with it, Joey. I want to see if you agree. No matter what Davis Webb or even Geno Smith does, mm-hmm. they want to see if Geno Smith could be on the roster next year. Shouldn't you? If, at best, he's going to be a backup next year. Right. One, shouldn't you already know if he's capable of being a backup? Right. And two, even if they went to Davis Webb, nothing Davis Webb is going to do in the next five games is going to change them from taking their next quote-unquote franchise quarterback, right. a guy that is going, whoever they take, is going to get a shot to start and is going to obviously get the work, the chance over Davis Webb, mm-hmm. a third-round pick who they believe has upside but right. it isn't you know fully there. So I, to me, I think they should have like, let Eli finish out the year as a giant, tell everyone, hey, at the end, like right now, if they came out and they said, we've decided at the end of this year we are going to go in a different direction at the quarterback position, we're going to draft someone early on, and uh, we want these next five games to kind of be Eli Manning's, like... like Swan song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I think fans would have really li- like liked that. And you would get fans to go to the game and stuff. Right. No one is going to go to the game. And they play Dallas in a couple weeks. Just going no one is boot. going to be That's there. That's basically it. I mean, let's say if the Giants were 3-3, three and three, and, you know, Eli goes down with a multi-week injury, then you bring in Geno Smith, because, yeah, I think he gives you a better chance of winning games than Davis Webb at this point, right? I'd agree. Yeah. But now, at this stage of the game, uh, you know, you pretty much know what you're going to get out of Geno Smith, in my opinion. Uh, and, and the fact, in a way, and it's been brought up, you know, the fact that Davis Webb isn't ready to take over the team is kind of a, a you know, a, a statement on, on your coaching. You know, that you haven't brought him along for. I, I saw speculation like, oh, maybe they want to give Davis Webb a week or two to prepare as a starter. Mm-hmm. And, and the Giants season has been over for weeks. Yeah. What have you been doing then? Right, like, right, right. I, I think they need to clean house. I agree yeah. with what Frank said. It's I, not just McAdoo. say something crazy. Jerry Reese as well. They need to get rid of him. I would trade Odell Beckham Jr. and get a ton of, I mean, get a ton of uh, draft picks. Trade him to to the 49ers, right? Get their draft picks. The only reason I, I crazy. disagree... Um, it's crazy, right? That would be crazy. Uh, the only reason I disagree is because 
they're taking a quarterback this year, and you yeah. want to give whoever you draft the but, best but chance it, to succeed. Yeah, but you know that next year is kind of almost like a lost year already. So, I mean, I think that he's o- Odell Beckham Jr. is beyond redemption. I think, you know, the, you know, I mean, he scores a touchdown and lifts his leg as if he's urinated. This guy's just, they've let him get away with too much. That's on Ben McAdoo. Right. Ben you Ma- hold your players and John Mara. Ben McAdoo. But John Mara, you know, he, you know, he could have stepped in and, and, and reprimanded him, but they kind of like Treating this guy with kid gloves. McAdoo would not, no matter what Beckham did this year with the celebration, last year with Josh Norman and the net and everything, never said a word to him. The defense, they weren't clearly weren't trying at times. There was mm-hmm. leaks coming out that Ben McAdoo is an idiot or whatever right. the leaks were. He, he lost the team say, because of, his, of him not uh, disciplining. He didn't say anything to the OBJ. defenders. All he's done all year is throw Eli Manning under the bus because he knows Eli Manning is too classy to say anything back. Mm-hmm. All right, so I mean, I, I could go on for, for a while on this, but Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram, are they startable? I think so, yes. I have Evan Ingram is a borderline tight end one to me. If you have a better option, obviously, you use it. Sterling Shepard, though, to me, is a high-end wide receiver three. All right, we'll be back with more Week 13 analysis on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number Number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Frankie Stanford, Joey, Mike Florian. We're here. We're here. <laughs> uh, I want to remind you head over to, to head over to rotoexperts.com slash DKMS where you could help join the fight against blood cancer. Uh, you could register on the site to become a blood marrow donor and uh, find out how you could uh, assist in uh, helping to delete blood cancer. And also on that site, you'll see a uh, link to a uh, free DFS game where you can play. We're going into week 13. Uh, so uh, each week there's a winner for the contest, and each winner will uh, face each other in week 17. And the winner of that week 17 matchup has a chance to win tickets to see the big game in Minnesota. We're talking Super Bowl here. So head over to rotoexperts.com slash DKMS. Uh, learn how you could fight blood cancer and enter a free DFS lineup uh, supporting the cause. So um, where do we go from here? Uh, quickly, I guess, Panthers, Saints, uh, Kamara Ingram, 
must-starts, right? Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, Panthers five touchdowns in the last three games to wide receivers. So are we liking Ginn as maybe a sneaky play this week? Revenge game. <laughs> I actually like him a lot. Yeah. I moved him up to wide receiver 24, uh, which might be a little aggressive, but the Carolina Panthers have allowed an average of 46.1 PPR points to wide receivers over their last two games. I absolutely love Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn this week. And the Panthers have been very, very stout at stopping running backs. So I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen because Kamara and Ingram have been amazing. Mm-hmm. But if they limit them even a little bit, and this is a high-scoring affair, it seems like uh, they're going to have to th- throw the ball more than they have in recent weeks. So I, I like those guys a lot. A few little injury concerns in this matchup. You have Christian McCaffrey, shoulder injury, has been practicing, looks like he'll play. But Greg Olson uh, seems like he's going to be a game-time decision uh, made his debut last week after uh, suffering a broken foot. You can't trust him. Uh, I agree, yeah. What about Cam Newton? Not only dealing with that shoulder issue that's bothered him all uh, season long, but now he's got a problem with his thumb. And uh, yeah, a quarterback needs his thumb to direct the ball. He can't throw uh, accurately to start off with. Now he's got a, a, a thumb problem. Apparently he was battling that injury last week as well. Ron Rivera spoke about it and said that might have been what uh, limited his production against the Jets. Uh, so it is something to pay attention to. I still have him ranked very highly because of the rushing production. He's mm-hmm. just rushed for so much more this year. I believe it's at least 40 rushing yards or a rushing touchdown in six or seven straight games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, his rushing floor really, really helps him a lot. We can move on. Rams, Arizona real quick. Adrian Peterson, no practice all week. Game time decision. You don't practice all week. I don't think you play. You sometimes see the exceptions for a veteran like this. Mm-hmm. I have bumped him down the rankings, but obviously if he sits, Kerwin Williams is expected to get the start. He would probably be nothing more than a flex option at best because mm-hmm. we've seen him start earlier this year, and it worked out for no one. Yesterday, apparently, Arians was talking to DJ Foster, too, so this mm-hmm. could be a complete mess of a situation. Yeah. Yeah, I read that Kerwin Williams would be expected to start, but Foster would get involved as well. Gotcha. Uh Ricky Seals-Jones, another touchdown this week? RSJ. <laughs> I, I think he can certainly get another touchdown this year. I ha- uh, This week, I have him at tight end 14, so high end tight end 2. The, the snaps haven't been there, but the rapport with Blaine Gabbert clearly is. And mm-hmm. I'd start him over Greg Olson. That's a big discussion we've had this week with uh, our own Greg Sussman. Has that there you decision. go. There you go. No Robert Woods in this game. Uh, Josh Reynolds scored a touchdown last week. He's in that Dontrell Inman discussion. I think a little bit lower behind that. Trust Cooper Cup. Don't trust Sammy Watkins going up against Patrick Peterson. Todd Gurley's going to have a monster game. Cardinals giving up the most receptions to running backs over the last month. Good luck in Week 13. Make the playoffs. And catch up with us next week on a Weekend Fantasy Update. Good luck. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us.